the best Christian holiday there is. I mean, Christmas is great. But remember, Christianity, wrapped up in a, in a nutshell, begins in an empty womb and ends with an empty tomb. See, and, and, and what's really great about it, see, where there was no life, God brought life. And then where there's supposed to be death, God brought life. Come on, that's the kind of God we serve. That's why here when we stand in front of someone with any kind of sickness, whatever they're going on in their life, we know we stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and there's nothing he can't do. That word redeemed means to be ransomed, to be delivered, to be bought back at a price. See, Jesus brought each and every one of us at the price of his blood on Calvary's cross. But he came back. He fulfilled the payment, and now he was risen again, and we can reap the benefits of that payment. The Bible also says that he's a propitiation for our sins. What's a propitiation? A propitiation, and I've used this before, but some, maybe someone who's not here before or online has not heard this. A propitiation is like I did some crime. And I'm in front of a judge. And judge is just about to sentence me. And I'm standing there before the judge, and I'm about to admit that I'm guilty, and he's about to sentence me. Then out from the back of the room comes, hey, 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 hold up, judge, hold up, judge. Here come Deacon Day. Push me aside and say, judge, I want to take his penalty. I want to do the time for his crime. He did it, we all know it, but I want to serve it for him. That's what Jesus did for mankind on the cross at Calvary. Though we all should pay the penalty, Jesus one time, sacrificial, holy lamb, died the life of a criminal so that we could say we are free. Come on, give God praise. So leave here today knowing that he loves each and every one of you online, wherever you're watching us, whatever country you're in, whatever state you're in, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants relationship with you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have. No matter if you're living in a tree or in the woods or on the side of a street and you have no home. Jesus does not say, well, you've got to have means for me to have a relationship with you. Jesus says, all you have to do is acknowledge that I am the Son of God and know that I came and I love you and I want relationship with you and receive me as your Savior. That's all it takes. And then the new life begins. best Christian holiday there is. I mean, Christmas is great. But remember, Christianity, wrapped up in a, in a nutshell, begins in an empty womb and ends with an empty tomb. See, and, and, and what's really great about it, see, where there was no life, God brought
brought life. And then where there's supposed to be death, God brought life. Come on, that's the kind of God we serve. That's why here when we stand in front of someone with any kind of sickness, whatever they're going on in their life, we know we stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and there's nothing he can't do. You know, some of the things we do here, you may, you may think, of, why do they do that? Why do they always say 30, 60, 100 fold over offerings? Because that's what Scripture says. Now, if you, by the measure that you give, it'll be given good, back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 30, 60, some seed brought 30, 60, 100 fold. We have seen people sow $5 and then get a check in the mail for 500 where they didn't deserve a check. Where did it come from? We had a lady here that she's, um, they moved away, but she, she came to this church and she started tithing. She started sewing on a small income. She was working at Pizza Hut and she was making cakes and cupcakes. And on that income, she was tithing. She got a, she got a, a, um, a call from her landlord. And her landlord says, hey, you better come down here. There's a, check, there's a letter here from the IRS. She said, I don't want nothing they send to me because I already got my refund. No, and, and, and the person said, no, 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 no. You need to come because this, not, not, this looks like a check. She said, really? Of course, you know, you're going to go, right? Went down there. When she opened up the check, there was a letter that said, we have been trying to find you for four years. Here is a, a uh, they made amends or, you know, an adjustment. They had done a tax return four years ago when they lived in New York, and it was done incorrectly, and Uncle Sam was paying them back money that they owed. Uncle Sam doesn't do that, praise God. Amen? Tracked her down. Amen? That's the God we serve. Amen? So I want to talk a little bit today. I guess now i got ten minutes about Jesus and his resurrection. I mean, it is Easter Sunday. We need to talk about it, amen? But I want to go back a little further to John chapter 11, verse 25. You see, when, when John, when, when um, Lazarus, how many know Lazarus? Lazarus was the, was the gentleman who died and was buried and put into a tomb. And Jesus came and he rose again. But one thing in particular before we read that, when they sent word to Jesus, they said, Jesus, the one that you, that, that you lovest is sick. Didn't say the one that loves you is sick. Said the one that you lovest is sick. And then we know the story that Jesus said, okay, he, he's sick. Let's stay for two days, and then we'll go. Because Jesus knew how it was going to have to unfold, that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But it's the one that you love us. See, you've got to remember that Jesus loves you. See, it's more important, and of course, we've got to love Jesus, but the more important factor is that Jesus loves you first, amen? And Jesus loves you no matter what you are, what, I mean, where you've been, what you've done. No matter how bad you think you've been, God loves you. And everything that he did that ended up on this day where he rose again was so that you and I can be free beyond just having eternal life. We can have victory right here, right now. Come on, give God praise. And stand just for reading the last time you have to stand, reading John 11, 25, and 26. 
And this is when Jesus runs into Lazarus' sister. And she's telling her about the situation. And Jesus says this to her. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this, the word of the Lord. You may be seated. You see, here you got a situation. See, I know a lot of times it'd be standard to, to do like three, three, you know, things of three poems about Jesus or three little points in a poem about, you know, the resurrection and about Resurrection Sunday. But this is a resurrection that happened before this resurrection. And this wasn't Jesus. This was a regular Joe, you and I, that Jesus brought back to life. Here you got a situation where this man is already dead. He's, they, they, they sealed up the tomb with a stone. And Jesus tells them, roll away the stone. Because Jesus knew what, what seems like it's finished and what seems like it's over isn't over till Jesus says it's over. Amen? You know, that's how Jesus is. So you go through life, things in your life, and you may think it's over. I'm finished. I'm done. Jesus says, no, I got more for you to do. I got, I've got hope. Though I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future, and to give you a good expected end. Jesus has a something for everybody in this room. Jesus has an outcome for everybody listening to, me, to us online. Jesus has the ability to raise something from the dead in your life that you may have already signed off on and is in debt. I mean, I have someone, we have someone sitting in this sanctuary right now, right here today, that was told she would never conceive a baby. But what did she do? Believed in faith, and we prayed the prayer of faith, and she's carrying a child right now. Come on, give God praise. That is the resurrecting Jesus that we serve. Amen? And for you visitors, yes, I get excited when I talk about Jesus. But that word, the resurrection means to stand up, to rise up, or to bring back to life. See, before we meet Jesus, we're dead. We're, we're, we're caught up in, we're dead to the law. We're, we, we, we are exposed to the law and to sin, and we have no hope and no future. But when you meet Jesus, he changes that. I heard my wife talking about, her version of heaven. I don't know if there's going to be cars and all that in heaven. I know there's going to be paved streets of gold. I know that every one of us have a mansion. I know there's, 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 a, there's a tree for the, with the leaves for the healing of the nations. I know there's gates. I know it's beautiful. I know it's wonderful. And I know I'm going there. And I know, but but that's not just the only promise. The only promise is, why would God say, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? See, you can have Jesus on the inside of you, and you can have heaven on earth right here and right now. See, you can have access to the Heavenly Father and to the King of Kings by having a relationship with Him. You'll be like, Pastor, but you don't know all the things I've done in my life. Jesus said, Oh, ye who are heavy laden, Come to me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All you who thirst, come to me, and I will give you drink. He told the woman at the well in John 4, he asked her to get him, to draw him a drink. And then he tells her these words. He says, those who drink from the water I shall give have everlasting life. 
and out of their belly shall flow living water. You see, how many, how many visitors and people who are in here do you actually live in Florida? Right? We all live here pretty much. We've got a few visitors maybe that don't live here. But how many know it gets hot in Florida? What things thirst, quench your thirst the most? Water. Agua. H2O. Not Arnold Palmer's. That is, for those of you who know, that is my favorite drink, Arnold Palmer. Half iced tea, half lemonade. And if you really want to hook it up, half sweet iced tea and half pink lemonade. That is Arnold Palmer 2.0. But all that does is make me more thirsty for another Arnold Palmer. But water is what quenches our thirst. Water in the Bible is a type of the Holy Spirit. See, not only do you get a seat in heaven or a mansion in heaven when you give your life to Jesus, but you get access to relationship to the living Spirit of God. That can be water. We say that water to our soul. Refreshment in time. Because you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Even though you get saved, life is still going to happen. Problems are still going to come. The devil is still going to try to mess you up. It's going to get hot. It's going to get nasty. You're going to get thirsty. And the only thing that will quench your thirst is not the things the enemy puts in front of you, but the Holy Spirit of God, that refreshing water that will come on you and come in you and give you the peace that you need in the middle of the storm. Peace when everybody around you is pointing their finger at you, talking about you, cussing at you, swearing and lying about you. That peace of God that will fill you from the relationship you have from Jesus will help you sustain through the moment. So you don't act out and end up on Orient Road. And if you don't know what Orient Road is, you don't need to know. But I guess, hey, I'll tell you what, it is an assisted living. <laughs> You do get your meals provided for you. You do get an hour of recreation. But bring back to life. He says, I am the erection and I am in the life. Life. That just means life. Remember, we talked last week, he said he wants us to have life and life abundantly. God wants you to have an abundant life. But he has to be the source of that. Now we're going to look at Luke 24, 1. And I got two minutes, praise God. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. See, here they, they forgot what Jesus said. A lot of times they didn't understand what Jesus said. Sometimes I don't think they were paying attention like we do. Sometimes people talk to us and we don't really pay attention to what they're saying. We just nod our head and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we walk away and go, man, I don't know what they said. I hope I just didn't agree to give them something. <laughs> Amen. Hope I, hope I just didn't commit to something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Like my wife. For all those who know me, I'm in, I am the uh, diehard New York Yankees fan. And as of, yes, praise God, yeah, I like you. So as of, as of April 1st, it's now Yankee season for me. And you'll see me. I have a little Bluetooth ear going on. I'll be walking around, but I'm listening to the game. 
There's times when my wife will talk to me, and I'll be like, uh-huh, yes, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I hear, and, and sometimes I get caught because then John's like, it is high, it is far, it is gone. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, wow. And, but I'm really listening to the game. <laughs> and, and I hope I didn't agree to take her to, like, the, you know, the Capitol, t- Capitol Grill in Tampa or something. But anyway, this is, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were most perplexed thereabout, beholding, two men stood by them in shining garments. And they were afraid. And they bowed down their faces to the earth. They said unto them, Why seek the living among the dead? We do that in life. We seek the living among the dead. We're looking in for answers to our situation in places that are already dead. We need to look for the answers to our situation in the one true living God, and his name is Jesus. See, Jesus is the answer to all your problems. Every one problem that you have, Jesus got an answer for you. But a lot of times, we don't, talk to, we don't talk to Jesus about our problems. We try to find our answers everywhere else. Everywhere else. Oh, you know, we're looking for financing on a house. Before you start shopping around, have the best real estate agent in the universe named Jesus find you that house and find you that mortgage and find you that interest rate. Amen? Woo-hoo! Some people who do that, they, that's the ones who trust them and have done that go, woohoo! He is not here, but is risen. Remember how, now here come, here come, these are two angels, by the way, in shining armors. They say, now they're like, remember... How he was saying to you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Now, here comes Peter on the scene. I love Peter because Peter is always, he's always still Peter. He's always bold. He's always bold and just going to say and do what Peter wants to do. Peter following him and went in to the sepulchre. See, Peter's like, listen, man, wait, 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 wait. I can't believe, I, I need to see what happened. I need to get in there. I need to see where my Jesus is at. And he goes in, and what does he find? He finds that he went into the sepulchre and see if the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. I want to focus on because I got so much not enough time. The folded napkin. All the linen clothes. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. All the linen clothes were in in a pile all by themselves over there. But then the napkin that was wrapped around his head was folded and in a separate place by itself. The one thing I want to point out about that napkin, in the Jewish tradition, if you got up, if the master got up after eating and wiped his face with the napkin and just lumped it up and threw it down on the plate, that meant he was finished and he was not coming back. But if he was coming back to the table, he would fold it up neatly. This folded up napkin, Jesus is saying, I've defeated the grave, 
and I'm not here, but I'm coming back. So you got you to gotta look into things. The folded napkin. Jesus not coming back to the grave, but Jesus is coming back for us. Jesus is coming back to take rule over this world when all things are fulfilled. See, Jesus has not left the building. It's not like Elvis. Elvis has left the building. No, Jesus has not left. He's in heaven overseeing all of your affairs. He has an agent called the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, who operates in this realm of the natural where we're at through his spirit. He operates to move on your behalf. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the defeater of hell, death, and the grave. So why can't we trust him with the things in our lives? Why can't we stand here today and say, it's finished and I am brand new? Why can't you say that it is finished and I am brand new? You'd be like, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Well, I don't need to know. Jesus knows. And Jesus said that he died for the sins of mankind. He didn't just die for certain sins. He died for all sins. And that man would have new life through him. See, I don't know, but I'm a pastor. You would think, oh, Pastor, you got, you know, listen, I go through stuff. And the only thing that gets me through my stuff is the Lord Jesus Christ. First off, all those things are usually just life, but sometimes they're actually encounters the enemy has put in your path to, to enrage your flesh, to get you distracted. A lot of times the things that we engage ourselves in, we're looking for life in the dead things. Who cares what other people think about you? You should only care what Jesus thinks about you. You should only care what the truth and the word of God says about you. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The Bible also says that all things work together for the good for them that love the Lord. So if you love the Lord, it's going to work out for the good. It may not be looking like it right now, but it will because you love the Lord. See, there's power Jesus can resurrect any situation in your life. First and foremost, he wants to resurrect you into his kingdom. He wants you to be one of his. Like when we opened up with that song, I am a child of love. It's great to know that you're a child of the king. That he is your Lord and you love him and he loves you. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. Jesus loved us enough if you were here on Good Friday to see what he went through so that we can have this promise, so that we can have this freedom, so that we can have this relationship with the Creator. Isn't it just awesome that the Creator of everything that we see wants to have a relationship with little old me and little old you? Wants a relationship. You would think He wouldn't want anything to do with us. Hey, I live with me, and if I was God, I would want nothing to do with me. And I'm not the only one who could probably say that because I saw some laughings and some smilings around the building. So that means I'm not the only one that if you were God, you wouldn't want to live with yourself. But thank God he doesn't look at the outward man. He looks at the inward man. And every time we fall short, he says, okay, uh, they're a work in progress and I'm making them better. Come on, give God praise. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close. I'm going to get all the way through. Psalm 107, verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, 
That word redeemed means to be ransomed, to be delivered, to be bought back at a price. See, Jesus bought each and every one of us at the price of his blood on Calvary's cross. But he came back, he fulfilled the payment, and now he was raised again, and we can reap the benefits of that payment. The Bible also says that he's a propitiation for our sins. What's a propitiation? A propitiation, and I've used this before, but some, maybe someone who's not here before or online has not heard this. A propitiation is like I did some crime. And I'm in front of a judge. And judge is just about to sentence me. And I'm standing there before the judge, and I'm about to admit that I'm guilty, and he's about to sentence me. Then out from the back of the room comes, hey, 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 hold up, judge, hold up, judge. Here come Deacon Day. Push me aside and say, judge, I want to take his penalty. I want to do the time for his crime. He did it, we all know it, but I want to serve it for him. That's what Jesus did for mankind on the cross at Calvary. Though we all should pay the penalty, Jesus one time, sacrificial, holy lamb, died the life of a criminal so that we could say we are free. Come on, give God praise. So leave here today knowing that he loves each and every one of you online, wherever you're watching us, whatever country you're in, whatever state you're in, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants relationship with you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have. No matter if you're living in a tree or in the woods or on the side of a street and you have no home. Jesus does not say, well, you've got to have means for me to have a relationship with you. Jesus says, all you have to do is acknowledge that I am the Son of God and know that I came and I love you and I want relationship with you and receive me as your Savior. That's all it takes. And then the new life begins. Hallelujah. Say it is finished. And I'm brand new. Say, it is finished, and I'm brand new. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. World Harvest Worship Center. Reaching our world, one life, one city, one nation at a time.